It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Joining us now on the SECV Hotline, I am Todd the Haas-Stewart, along with Gabe Sinekropi from the Williamsport Crosscutters, is John Barchard from Bleeding Green Nation. And, John, I'm looking over the Philadelphia 2015 uh, picks, and I see nobody unless there's some type of anagram that spells out Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't happen. They, they tried, they, uh, they, they did uh, step to the plate there right at the end just to see if there's there was any luck, and I like how uh, kind of, you know Chip Kelly kind of described it. He was just like, "Look, we we went to the nice neighborhood, we saw the really nice, expensive house, uh, we got the price, and then we didn't even go into the door. We just kind of been like, well, that's good,' and, and <laughs> got back in the car and left. So, you know, the Titans really wanted um, a lot, you know, to trade out of there, and I think we all knew that it was going to be really, really hard uh, to move up 18 spots. And it, you know, it's just kind of like a, a nice reality check after all the, of the. You know, he's not leaving the, the draft uh, without him and all this other stuff. And there was definitely, uh, just like we've been talking about, you know, since whenever, there was a, a lot of genuine interest there. And the, the only other funny anecdote that came out of it was that uh, our old, you know, the old Andy Reid was talking to Ken Wisenhunt and convinced him to basically go with Mariota and said, you know, I was in this spot before. That's a franchise quarterback. Go get the franchise quarterback and don't pass him up. So, Andy Reid uh, still still continuing the love. Uh, even <laughs> you know, John. A lot of people said that the draft was was boring. There were there was so much talk leading up to the draft, and then after the draft, a bunch of people were writing and saying that, "Oh my God, it was such a boring draft." But and for me, the thing that I was glued to the TV set for, really switching back between the NHL playoffs and the draft, well, but yeah. Uh, yeah. was the Eagles and the possibility of them trading up. 
to to get Marcus Mariotto, as some people would say. <laughs> Thank but, you, uh, Mr. Commissioner. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that was the thing, at least for me, and I'm not even an Eagles fan, but that was the intrigue, I guess, on, on my end. Oh, sure. It's a na- I mean, it's a big national story. It's just like these it's even more amplified because of the playoffs and everything in college football that happened this year. And you saw the two number one picks go up against one another and you're going to see it in the NFL. You know, uh, I think it's week one, I think Tampa and and Tennessee play week one. So that intrigue there, uh, you know, a lot of people still look at Chip Kelly as this college guy that is still kind of hanging around and, and, and not doing the NFL standard and all this other stuff. And a lot of people were nervous about this too. And it's, it's such a, and (laughs) I even liked his, uh, I think he had an interview with Rich Eisen uh, during the day three thing, and he was just saying, I don't I don't think about the stuff I think as much as you guys think about the stuff I think. Like, it's <laughs> an ongoing 24-7 Chip Kelly coverage because nobody really, uh, everybody's trying to understand what he does. And, and the major concern coming into the draft was, it was like, oh, well, he doesn't really care about value. You know, he's just gonna, he's going to waste the entire thing, and, and he's kind of knocked all these things down. Him and uh, new vice president uh, or player personnel at Manowitz, I thought, did a fantastic job uh, kind of correcting that and, and steering it, saying, like, no, we're going to run this like, like a, you know, a smart GM combo would. I think they passed that test. Still some question marks here and there, but I really think that they did a really solid job uh, with this draft, taking, you know, Nelson Aguilar from USC, their wide receiver, is and I, I I know people are still kind of like ah yeah we we kind of expected this it, this was linked all along but he really is a great wide receiver um, maybe not a lot of uh, a ceiling I know that's been popular saying here but I mean he's pretty he's he's ready to go he's NFL ready and one of the things that you see coming out is oh well the, even though he's replacing Jeremy Macklin and it's kind of scary that he has the like literally the exact same body type as far as weight and hands and everything down to the T. But this guy doesn't play like Jeremy Macklin at all. I love Jeremy Macklin, but this guy is this guy goes and looks for trouble. That's what I like to say. Like he is he used to be a running back in high school, you know, racked up two thousand yards doing that. So his vision on the field, it, it kind of feels that way when he has the ball in his hands. Really good guy after the catch. And he's a wrecking ball, man. I mean, that's why it's kinda of, you put him next to Josh Huff and you kinda of hope that he has a good sophomore season and shakes out all those rookie jitters. It's going to be really, really hard to slow some of these guys down if everything goes according to plan here. Uh, the Eagles made a lot of moves, a lot of changes in the secondary before the draft. Uh, were you surprised they took a corner in the second round and Eric Rowe from Utah? Not at all. I mean, that was I think that was their one of their main targets. That's another guy who was linked there. Um, and they had to go up and get him in the second round, and uh, rightfully so. I think the, the trade that they made there was, was equal value just to – uh, you know, tra- uh, trade up and go grab them there, and they lost their two fifth-round picks, which, you know, didn't to me doesn't look like that big of a deal when a, a long snapper and a punter go off the board back-to-back in that round. So you look at that and you're like, okay, that's 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 fair value. And, I get, you know, Eric Rowe is worth the hype. Um, I know that he's that hybrid that Chip Kelly loves in between cornerback and safety. Uh, he prefers corner, playing corner, and I think that's where you're going to end up seeing him unless anything kind of changes out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like fantastic at fantastic looks, fantastic press man coverage. Uh, you know, he's the real deal. Um, and a lot of there are some people that I talk to that say this guy's the next Devin McCourty if you move him to safety because that's where Devin McCourty kind of started, and that's the guy that they tried to go after. So it only makes sense that that would happen. I don't quite see that yet, but 
he definitely has the skill and the size set to be trying to become that. And, you know, for me, they nailed these first two picks because that's exactly basic. That's what you needed. And at the beginning of the offseason, I didn't really think that you needed it. would be almost impossible to replace two starting corners of just like, you know, you had Kerry Williams in there, you had Bradley Fletcher. We all know that they're really bad, but I figured one of them would at least be hanging around. Uh, but, you know, it's you can tell the obvious displeasure was the quarterback play and the secondary, and he just said, you know what, the hell with it. Uh, scrap the quarterback, scrap the secondary, we're doing this all over again. It's not working. And, uh, you know, he went out and, and got Eric Rowan. I think that's going to be a great centerpiece here for the defense. John, to stay with, with that theme of the secondary, and you talk about Rowe probably not moving to safety, but safety is, is certainly a need, too. They've got three corners in the draft. Do you, which one, if any, do you see possibly, uh, you know, being a safety on the team? Uh, Randall Evans actually was uh, was the, the sixth-round pick from Kansas State, and when he was initially selected, I didn't really think of him as a safety. I think he's a guy that could be like that Walter Thurman type of uh, can play inside, can play outside. Um, but, the, you know, the, the more you go back and relook at his game tape and you see the type of movement he has, he looks like a safety. I mean, he's, got, he's the ideal size at six foot, you know, 190, 189, somewhere around there. But um, I, I think that could be a, a great move. And I think between him and Jalen Watkins from last year, because there were some murmurs there that they really wanted to move him there, and I think that's where Jalen Watkins would actually look and feel more comfortable. Um, plus, I really like, I still really like his covering skills. I like all these guys' covering skills, to be honest. Just to go back a second, um with uh, Shepard from Kansas, because they kind of stayed in the state there, uh, when they picked him up, he's phenomenal. Like, he's a phenomenal cover corner. The only knock on him is he doesn't have that kind of top-end speed like you would see in a, in a Trey Wayans all throughout there, even though I'm not a big fan of his game at all. But, you know, he, he really plays in the same style that Byron Maxwell does, where he really doesn't let anything get behind him. And that's a long time coming. <laughs> Eagles secondary. So I know there's a lot of people. A lot of people uh, are, are glad that guys like this, Brian and and uh, Deshaun Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. will have a little harder time getting past some of these guys. But I, I think what they really did was just to completely address the need of the secondary because they needed to. Um, I know safety is still important for a lot of people. I know that a lot of people that wanted you know uh, Collins from Alabama and all this other stuff and to kind of move up and go get him, but basically it's just it doesn't really work that way in the Eagles system. And I think with the, what they have now, they will eventually figure out what goes where and who goes, uh, you know, uh, where the best. And that's why Chip Kelly likes that versatility, because you can't put these guys at corner, because you can't put them at, at safety. And I, I said this after the draft when it came out, you know, if that all kind of pans out where everybody's good or great or excellent at all their all their kind of different spots, they can put them anywhere on the field, and that's how this system works. That's how Billy Davis likes to do all these things. They were really limited in what they could do with, you know, with the two guys that they had here previously. And Nate Allen, although I still think he was better than some people believe he was, it doesn't allow that kind of flexibility. You can really only do one or two things here. So it's it's a very interesting draft class, and and I think it's a really solid one for this year. All right, so uh, since there wasn't a quarterback taken, uh, so Tebow's going to get first-string snaps, huh? <laughs> yes, that's, that's line up. Well, I mean, he's uh, you know, it's another thing that Kelly came out and said. He's like, he's not here to be a practice player, and I mentioned last week that that's what Mark Sanchez thought it was going to be, but they didn't even take a developmental guy. They took nobody as none, uh, you know, even an undrafted free agent. 
didn't take anybody uh, in like the fifth through seventh rounds, which some people thought of as surprising. But, you know, when you look at the entire draft class and there's only seven guys that get drafted, it kind of really tells you how bad the I mean, it stunk. Like, it's just that's why we all were Mariota crazy here because we knew nobody, not even your Bryce Petties or Brett Hundley's or anything like that, that I know have somewhat promised that you could develop and hopefully they could be great starters in this league. But, you know, Chip Kelly kind of looks at that thing and says, why even waste your time? I think that's why a lot of the people were kind of upset that he traded out of the fourth round, got that third rounder for next year from Detroit and said, why aren't you drafting any offensive linemen? Why aren't you doing this? It's just like it's the same thing with the quarterbacks. It's just it's just not worth it. So, I mean, it's really going to come down to Sam Bradford's knee, and hopefully that's that's all in order there. But now you have that real scenario of, well, if he doesn't make it, now you have Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow. And that's your, and that's your one, too, and whoever else you're going to sign. And maybe that's Matt Barkley still hangs around for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's scary. That's what it is. <laughs> it's really scary. And I, and I think it's, um, you know, I think people get too scared of it. And I'll say this year, and, uh, and Todd can make fun of me later on, and, that, and I'll it would throw down this hot take, but I really do think if Sam Bradford can somehow, some way stay healthy, this is an NFC Championship game team, without a doubt. They have been looking for something to facilitate this offense properly. Sam Bradford is the exact mold of that. Uh, and I know people are laughing on the radio right now. He's saying, are you crazy? This is, this is a guy who could barely throw six yards per attempt in St. Louis. But when you look at St. Louis and you look at the weapons, he's here now, um, you know, with the offensive line that's here now. Yeah, even though I know that that was a problem last year, it's still way better than what the Heat had to work with in St. Louis. So as, as long as he still stays healthy and that's a big if, I think this team can go really far, but, uh, it's not going to be without. Maybe you know popping the scotch open there, uh, <laughs> a couple of bourbon questions. But uh, it's it's a definitely exciting season uh, uh, to look forward to. I think I would never make fun of you, John. As far as you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he, well, he doesn't believe me, Gabe. Other, <laughs> no, nobody yeah, does. The other nugget I just want to drop here, just before we go, is just you know, um, there's a lot of scouts and things, and 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 those, or excuse me, front house scouting. Department's kind of cleaning house today. Eagles weren't, you know, uh, shy about that. You notice that most of the Roseman guys got fired today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I just want to, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, and this is just speculation here, that him and Howie and the Eagles just kind of, you know, quote-unquote part ways here because I, I, I I don't really see anything other than money to keep Howie in here. He really serves no other purpose so just be on the lookout for that because I, I don't I honestly don't think he's going to make make it here past week one and just officially eliminate Howie out of the building. Is the ever popular mutual decision, John? Is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Mutually parting ways. That's to find right. other work elsewhere that somebody needs. This exactly. All right, appreciate it, John. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch uh, over the rest of the off season as we get closer, of course, uh, to training camps and everything else for the Philadelphia Eagles. John Barchard from BleedingGreenNation.com. Thanks so much, bud. You got it, Todd. Gabe, thank you very much.